You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 665 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live from State Farm Arena on this fine Saturday evening. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks fell by a final score of 119 to 116 at the hands of the Toronto Raptors this evening. And uh, as you can probably tell, um, not the greatest sound quality in the world, but I like to bring the podcast to you live from the venue whenever possible. And uh, on the scene for a pretty interesting game, pretty fun game, honestly, got pretty competitive down the stretch, uh, despite the fact that the Hawks look to be almost dead. Um, with about three four minutes to go, but a nice valiant effort down the stretch to uh, get within one possession and honestly had a shot in the air to tie the game. Not, not the greatest shot in the world, but certainly one that is capable of being made. So a uh, pretty inspired effort from, the, from this Hawks team, and Lloyd Pierce is pretty happy about it after the game. Um, Set the stage a little bit here. The Hawks were seven and a half point underdogs at home against Toronto in this game. The Raptors had a massive rest advantage. You know, the Hawks having played last night on Friday. In Detroit, and Toronto had not played since Wednesday. The Hawks were without Cam Reddish in this game as well. Second straight game for the rookie forward. He missed this one with a left wrist sprain. Um, looks to be hopefully getting back pretty soon here. There was some optimism early in the day that he could be playing in this game. He was questionable actually early in the day, but Reddish missed this, missed this one. Um, a lot, a lot of a lot was a lot was said, and a lot will still be said about the infamous meeting last night on Friday uh, in Detroit. I was not there for that. There were some interesting quotes from Sarah Spencer at the AJC that I recommend you go back and, and, and read, I should say, um, from Lloyd Pierce and Trey Young, etc. No one was happy last night, obviously, with the way the Hawks played. I, I recorded the podcast before knowing some of that stuff that had come out. But, um, you know, obviously not too difficult to see that there was some, some sort of a, an extended team meeting after the game, about an hour after tip-off. Uh, sorry, after the game was uh, over, not, not tip-off. <laughs> um, but one of those things where um, it clearly did its job, I suppose, in this game. I'm, I'm often uh, hesitant to assign too much credit to something like that because the Hawks, um, you know, it's, you still have to go out and execute it, but the Hawks did play very well in this game, big picture sense. So I guess whatever whatever happened in Detroit on Friday night, quote-unquote, worked this time around. Um, early in the game, um, a pretty nice stretch from the Hawks, and honestly, they, they led this game at the end of the first quarter. They led, they led this game at the end of the first half, and that was a pretty good position to be in, honestly, um, given the fact that the Hawks were uh, the underdog in this spot. A 5-0 run by the Raptors to open the game, and then a 10-0 run by the Hawks immediately after that, capped by a 30-footer from Trey Young, and a nice assist as well from Trey, who was very, very good in this game after a, kind of a slow night on Friday. Um... Young started with seven points in a hurry with three shots and three assists. Um, made, made his first three shots, I, I should say. Um, Alan Crabb also started very well for the Hawks, making his first three shots. And a nice uh, activity for Bruno Fernando, who I didn't think was great in this game by any means, but certainly was better in this game than he was on Friday night. Um, the Hawks actually started um, with, uh, at least when Trey Young sat for the first time in the first quarter, they went with a lineup that had DeAndre Hunter and Evan Turner in it. And Hunter was actually initiating the offense. You know, her, I guess Turner is by name, the backup point guard. But honestly, it was a lot of Hunter initiating in this game. He played very, very well as we get to as we get going here. But the first quarter was very, very positive for Atlanta. 12 of 21 from the floor, um, while the Raptors were only 8 of 22. So the Hawks, uh, the Hawks led, albeit narrowly, because the Raptors got to the line a few times in the first quarter um, by only one point. The second quarter, though, was, was the sort of high point for Atlanta in this game. A 10-0 run early in the quarter to go up by 8 points, all 10 points. All 10 points on dunks or layups from Jabari Parker, Alan Crabb, uh, Trey Young, and then two times from Evan Turner. So 
a bunch of easy baskets, attacking the rim. The Hawks had a lot of success getting into the paint in this game, just in general. They didn't shoot it, you know, incredibly well from three. Um, they shot it well, 14 to 34, which is obviously nothing to be sneezing at, but a lot of that damage was done late with DeAndre Hunter sort of filling it up down the stretch. A more pedestrian number before that, but they got to the rim kind of whenever they wanted to, which is a very, very nice sign against a Raptors defense that's actually pretty good. Um, granted, Toronto is without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka right now, but still a defense that's well-constructed and uh, executes well. So the Hawks getting, getting to the paint, almost all night long was a very, very good thing to see. Big picture for this uh, offense. Um, I thought Evan Turner was good in his first stint, and honestly, he's been pretty good for the last few games. Turner was one, one of the one of the brighter spots for Atlanta during this recent string, um, and I wanted to point that out a little bit here. And it was an unbelievable lob pass from Trey Young to Damian Jones for a dunk in the way through the second quarter. That was just a fantastic one. Jones had a bunch of dunks in this game. That was that one was probably more on on, on Trey, just putting together one of those one of those elite level passes that he's definitely uh, very very capable of making. I thought the Hawks were. Um, very, very connected defensively in the first half. They were making all the right rotations. Pierce said that after the game as well. He was impressed with the way that they played defensively in the first half. It cooled off a little bit, to be sure, in the second half. But in general, they were in the right place at the right time in the first half, and they're really uh, doing a good job in uh, at least contesting every, everything that Toronto was getting up to the rim. It was, it was another 10-2 run late um, in the half, in fact, to end the half with uh, Trey Young hitting a very, very deep three on the last trip of the half to go up by nine points. There was a funny photo out there from Coles Wicker, good friend of the program, that writes over there at, at the Stepien, where he he captured Trey in a shooting motion when Trey's just leaning so far forward. It's like a 35-plus foot shot, just a ridiculous three from Trey that he makes. And the Hawks suddenly are up nine at the half. That was the high point of the night, obviously. But in the first half, the Hawks had a, one, the Hawks had a 116 of offensive rating. That is absolutely fantastic against the Raptors in any venue. Um, I know it was at home, but still. 18 assists in the first half, 55% from the floor, 38% from three. Trey Young had 16, 7, and 7 in the first half, 10 from, about, 10 from Allen Crabb as well. And the bench had 27 points for the Hawks in the first half on 12-19 shooting. That's one of the few times this season where the bench has been really, really strong offensively. It did cool off in the second half, but I at least wanted to point that out that they did their job in the first half of this game. And defensively, the Hawks also held Toronto and check in the first half. 30% field goal, 30% from the floor, I should say, allowed for the defense, and only 721 from three, a sub-100 defensive rating in the first half. So a lot of positives. Obviously, there was a little bit of a late flurry to make the numbers look a little bit better in the first half, but still, the first 24 minutes were very, very kind to Atlanta. They went in the second half down, sorry, up by nine, and uh, the, the lead, though, Pretty quickly um, disintegrated, but the Hawks did push it to 10 at one point. It was, it was a 9-2 run from the Hawks to take their largest lead um, after a uh, sort of a haymaker from Toronto. In fact, the Raptors opened the second half with six straight points in 46 seconds after a couple of mishaps from uh, DeAndre Hunter. Siakam hit back-to-back threes, and uh, it seemed like at that point in time that the Hawks might be, might be in some trouble, but to their, to their credit, they bounced back, went up by 10. Um, then the big run was coming, though. There was one thing I wanted to point out was that Trey Young hit this ridiculous three over, over Fred Van Bleet that was uh, sort of a rock back and forth kind of contested off-balance three that only he could hit. It was kind of a pretty crazy shot, and it was an awesome one from Trey Young. Um, but the big run was coming from Toronto, a 15-to-1 run. From the Raptors to take a four-point lead at 84 to 80. There was one bad decision that I circled. This is only one possession. Obviously, this is not, did not make the entire run, but um, Parker had a wide-open three that he decided to swing to Bembry in the corner. If that had been somebody else, I would have understood it, but Bembry not exactly a knockdown shooter. I know he's shooting the ball well right now based on the last couple of games, but still, that was a weird one. Bembry didn't get a shot off, and they ended up not scoring on, on that possession. It kind of killed the flow of, of what was a very nice possession to that point in time. They just couldn't get stops, though. That was the biggest problem there. It finally ended, though, on eight points in a row from DeAndre Hunter. A nice flourish from him. He was fantastic in the second half of this game offensively, and then the Hawks actually got a buzzer-beating layup from Vince Carter at the end of the third quarter to go back up by three. So 
They gave it away, but then they actually took it back in the third, which was very, very nice to see. Not a great quarter overall. Give it 35 points. Had some breakdowns, to be sure, but hung in there, and that was a huge push from Hunter at the end of the third quarter. Then there was a 14-4 to to open the fourth um, from the Raptors. In fact, they, the Hawks scored four points in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. That was a very, very, very rough stretch at a bad time. There was a deep three from Van from Vliet in there as well. The Raptors really bludgeoned the Hawks on the offensive glass in the second half. They had 10 offensive rebounds in the second half, nine of those in the first 15 minutes of the second half, and four in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. So a, a stretch where the Hawks just could not get a rebound. Um, Damian Jones has been a problem defensive rebounding. It's not only him, but he only had he, he had he went through the entire game tonight. 23 minutes and had one, sorry, had zero defensive rebounds and only one for Alex Lennon in eight minutes. So 31 minutes out of those two guys and they only got one defensive rebound. You throw in Fernando and the Hawks only had three defensive rebounds and 48 minutes at center. Um, that's not going to get it done by any stretch of the imagination. And it's not only one guy, it's everybody, but Jones is a bad defensive rebounder. And um, the team has just been getting killed all season long on the glass whenever he plays. So, so that's something to file away to be sure. But that was a big stretch. And uh, a lot of that came because they could not get a rebound against the Raptors. They, uh, the Hawks had actually had threes from both Jabari Parker and the Hunter in the air to tie the game with about eight minutes to go. And from that point forward, they actually never got back. Now, to their credit, they made it very, very interesting late. Um, the Hawks had it to four on a deep three from Trey Young at 104-100. But then there was a 6-0 run um, from the Raptors to go back to, but up by a 110-100 to margin with about three minutes to play. They traded empty positions from there. And then at the free throw line, Siakam gets the lead to 12 with, at, with only 159 to go. So the Hawks are down by 12, two minutes to go. It should be garbage time at that point in time. It should have been the dagger. But um, again, to the Hawks' credit, they battled back in a big way. A couple of threes from Hunter and Bembry to get the lead back to six. Um, along with a Parker layup, and uh, then Siakam did score again, but then Hunter hit another three with 24 seconds to go, capping a 13-4 run to get the Hawks back within three. That was huge. They fouled for Van Vliet from there, who made both free throws, but then Hunter made another three, which was, you know, he was just raining in threes down the stretch. He had six threes in this game, and a lot of those were in the second half. Um, then they uh, fouled the right guy and run to Hallis Jefferson at the rim. He only, made, he only made one of two, so the Hawks had the ball with 4.5 seconds to go, um, down three. So obviously not not ideal to be down three in that spot, but still had a chance to tie this game. They had to go the full length of the court, though, with the way that the inbounds pass was made from, from Vince Carter to Trey Young. I understand what happened there. Uh, Pierce said that they switched. Um, the Raptors switched off the ball on the screen there. They wanted Young to have the ball clearly. He's the shot maker, and um, they just didn't have um, the right amount of time, honestly. With, with where Trey Young caught the ball, you can't really expect him to go too much further than he did while actually getting a shot off. And I think the Raptors, you know, Honestly, they probably could have fouled. Lloyd Pierce said he was surprised after the game that they did not try to foul. They might have tried it, if not for the way that the, that the, that the play unfolded. But at the end of the day, it was like a 42-foot shot that Trey had to, maybe even longer than that, that Trey had to take. He didn't make it. You know, I was talking to people after the game that thought he actually, you know, in the air, like maybe maybe had a chance. It didn't look, it didn't look like it was actually that close in um, on the replay, but... The fact that Young inspires that kind of that kind of confidence is a pretty good thing, I would say, for the uh, future of the team. But yeah, just not, not the great not the greatest shot in the world. They, get, they did get a shot up though. Pierce seemed to be okay with what happened at the end of the game. Um, you know, obviously four and, four and a half seconds to go is not too much time to get exactly what you want. So the ball was in the air. They had a chance to tie the game and just fell a little bit short. But still, a uh, pretty valiant effort from this Hawks team. That's something I wanted to say. Just big picture in this spot. Obviously, a, you know, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Positive losses are not really a thing in the NBA, but this is probably one of them. Toronto was shorthanded a little bit, but still they, they played well enough to win. The Hawks played well enough to win this game. If they played this way in Detroit, they would have won last night almost certainly. 
Um, big picture of the Hawks offense was very good in this game against a quality defense, a 115 offensive rating for the game. They shot 47 of 90, so that's 52% from the floor, 14 of 34 from three. Only got to the line 11 times. That's something to circle, to be sure, because Toronto took 33 throws, so that was a big disparity in this game. But 32 assists for the Hawks, nice ball movement throughout the contest, and uh, offensively, no, no real issues. Defensively, um, first half was good. Second half was less good. Obviously, there was some shot making happening from Siakam, who was fantastic, and also Van Bleet was very good. Um, aside from his uh, inaccurate shooting to some degree, but you know some of that's on Toronto just being good, especially especially with Siakam. But the defense did fall apart a little bit in the second half. Um, you know, still, I guess the big picture takeaway is that it's a 118 defensive rate. That's that's actually pretty bad. But I thought the numbers were a little bit misleading here. I think the Hawks were, were a little bit better than that defensively in this game, uh, particularly in the first half. So I wanted to point that out. I'm uh, critical of their defense a lot, but uh, I thought they play, they always competed here. Lloyd Pierce was very complimentary of his group after this game, talking about how much they competed. I would agree with that. They played well enough to win in this game. They didn't win, and that's okay. I think, you know, obviously this is a rebuilding season still for this Hawks team. But, um, you know, if there was a, a, a positive uh, a positive defeat, this is probably one of those things after what they played on Friday and all the discussion around the team. Um, still, though, the Hawks have now lost six in a row. They've now lost 12 out of 14 since opening the season 2-0. and And this is one that they could have won and, and then didn't. So I, I can sort of see all sides in this one, but still. We will talk about more about the individual play in a second, but uh, that's kind of my top line thoughts on what happened on Saturday night here at State Farm Arena. So after a quick break, we'll get to the individual players as we always do, but here's a word from our sponsors. All right, we're back to talk about the individual players as we always do on the podcast. If you do not know that, thank you for joining us for the first time. But um, to the bench we go, only 10 guys in this game for the Hawks, which is actually a pretty shallow rotation for the way that Pierce has been playing this season. No Chandler Parsons, no Ty Wallace. Not a huge surprise there. Those are the, those are the two guys who seemingly only be, only have been playing in blowouts. Um, Parsons did play a little bit in the competitive portion of Friday night's game, but those are definitely guys number 11 and 12 at the moment, and they'd be, they'd, they would be 12 and 13 when Reddish was actually available. Um, other than that, though, Alex Lynn, eight minutes. That is a surprising number to me. He didn't play particularly well in his eight minutes, I didn't think. But um, I'm kind of baffled by that. You know, I think Alex Lynn's the best center on the team. I do understand that Damian Jones has one specific appeal that jo that Lynn does not have as a pick-and-roll threat that could kind of attack the rim as a finisher. And we saw a little bit of that today with three easy buckets for Damian Jones. But Lynn is a better player, in my opinion. He's not fantastic. He's not a starting center that you want on the team. But eight minutes for him seems a little bit low. And again, in a game that featured, Mar that featured Marcus All, it was like it was a bad matchup for um, Len necessarily. So that was a, a bit of a curious decision, I would say. But he was minus 11, so maybe it was a little bit just him not succeeding with the guys on the court at the time. Um, elsewhere on the bench, Fernando, I mentioned before, had a better game in this spot. Four points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two block shots. He was active. Um, Bruno certainly had some missteps along the way, but I thought it was night and day from Friday to Saturday. He still made some blunders that you don't love to see from a, from a big man, but the energy level was there. You can sort of see the theory of him when it's going well, and he was he was active. The passing was kind of there a little bit for Bruno. He finished around the rim a couple times, at least one time, and got to the line four times. So I thought Bruno was better in this game. That's something I wanted to point out after kind of crapping on him a little bit last night. Um... Speaking of guys who are better tonight than last night, um, Vince Carter was certainly much much better in this game. Eight points, four rebounds, an assist, and two block shots. He had a couple of errant passes that I wanted to point out that actually weren't turnovers, which are kind of weird decisions from Vince. Um, had three fouls as well, but three of seven from the floor, two of four from three. He definitely played better, and the Hawks needed his uh, floor spacing on the floor throughout this contest. Um, Evan Turner cooled off in the second half, to be sure, but four points, three rebounds, an assist. 
for Evan. He was plus seven in 12 minutes. Didn't play a ton. I wonder if they had played him more. I think it would have been a little bit different. I thought he played pretty well in the first half, but still, there you go. And then Alan Crabb played the most on the bench, 24 minutes. He had 10 points in the first half, did not score in the second half, but it is worth pointing out that his shooting is really valuable. It's pretty much the only thing that he does all that well on the basketball court, but still, Crabb does add that element that the Hawks definitely need, and we saw that a little bit, at least the theory of that in the first half of this game. Um, to the starters, Damian Jones, as I mentioned before, 23 minutes for Damian, six points, uh, one rebound. It was offensive. That's something that I just can't stop staring at that stat. You just cannot play 23 rebounds, sorry, 23 minutes as a starting center and get no defensive rebounds. That's impossible. Um, but it happened. So there you go. Five fouls for Damian. He was at least effective around the rim. That's what he's there for, I would imagine. So um, that'll be enough of that. Uh, Deonor Bembry, it was a hot and cold game for him. Did have five fouls, was minus 18. That was noteworthy to me. I didn't think it was necessarily fully indicative of the way that he played. I thought he actually played decently, but 11 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block shot. He's two for three from three in this game. He's now six of eight in the last two games after opening the season one of 11. Um, for um, He was taking less than one three per game in the first, I believe it was uh, 14 games. And now in the last two games after that stretch, he is six of eight. So I don't know. Maybe he's just a shooter now, but no, I'm kidding about that a little bit. But uh, he, he played pretty well. Uh, the usage was not high, but I think defensively he gives, he gives good effort. A couple of um, maddening plays as he's often um, possible to do with the ball in his hands offensively, but I thought he was better than the minus 18 indicated. Um, Hunter was fantastic, particularly in the second half offensively. 26 points, four assists. He's now scoring double figures in eight straight games. Um, six of ten from three is just monstrous. I'm not sure that's like something you can bank on from Hunter necessarily. I think he's a solid shooter, not a great one, but he's showing signs with confidence now. His confidence is definitely growing as a shooter. He's just letting it fly, which is exactly what you want from him. Even if he's going to shoot 35% from three, you want him to be willing and able and uh, just ready to go, ready to fire at all times. He definitely was in this game. A quick trigger from him, that's what you exactly what you want to see. Defensively, he was also pretty good. Um, but yeah, an efficient, productive, strong game from Hunter, and he's been just playing very, very well after. Sort of a slow start in the regular season. He's picked it up quite a bit here, and uh, I definitely like him quite a bit. Um, Jawari Parker had a quieter game, 13 points, 7 rebounds. Didn't have 5 assists, which is worth pointing out for him, 3 steals. I thought his defense on Siakam, actually one-on-one, -on -one was commendable. It wasn't fantastic by any stretch, um, but I did think that Parker gave good effort in one-on-one -on -one defense. Off the ball, it's a mess. Uh, it's been a mess for a while. That's not a big surprise. And he, and he went 0 for 4 from 3. So if he makes one or two of those, it's, it's sort of a different stat line in some ways. He also had foul trouble, had 5 fouls, which kept him under 30 minutes. He would have he played more than that almost certainly, and Pierce said that after the game, but... I thought Jabari was okay. Um, you know, off-ball defense is definitely his biggest weakness at, the, at this point in time. But um, overall, he did okay in this game. And then Trey Young was fantastic. Uh, 30 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, a triple-double for Trey, his first of the season, second of his career after having won last year. Um, by the way, he is the sixth fastest player in NBA history in terms of actual games played to get to 203 three-pointers made. He had four in this game. He was four of 11 from three, four of four from the free-throw line, 11 of 23 from the field. It was good to see Trey get right and have a big, big game after struggling last night. He had a couple of uh, uneven performances in the last couple of weeks, but he was fantastic here. Um, obviously the best player on the on the floor for the Hawks offensively, no question about that. He had it going, uh, limited turnovers. I thought he just played very, very well. Even defensively, uh, Kevin Chouinard of Hawks.com and I were sitting next to each other and we were kind of remarking on the fact that Trey was getting good hustle defensively. Um, particularly a few, I think Kevin tweeted this out also during the game, but he had at least two or three times where he was full sprinting back down the court, which is not something you necessarily see from Trey in transition defense. Effort's been pretty uh, pretty good for him overall. 
Obviously, he gets picked on a little bit, and with good reason by the opposition defensively, but I thought Trey competed on the end of the floor. He sort of led the team in that way. Um, obviously, they take some cues from him as the best player on the team. I'm not sure you know he's the quote-unquote leader or not, but when you're the best player on the team and you give good effort defensively, it can sort of be infectious. We saw that a little bit in this game, and he was just fantastic on uh, the offensive end, as he uh, often is. So there you go for, for that. You know, 30-10 and 10 speaks for itself, and he's fantastic. Uh, by the way, led the team in rebounding comfortably in this game. He had 10 defensive rebounds. He was the only guy who had more than five five defensive rebounds in this game. He had one-third of the Hawks' defensive rebounds for Trey Young. Now, you know, some of that's a little bit random uh, based on just the way the ball bounces, but Trey's a pretty good rebounder for his size, to be sure. And uh, yeah, one more time, Trey Young in 41 minutes had 10 defensive rebounds. The entire center rotation in 48 minutes, so more time, had three. I'll leave that there for that. Um, <laughs> so um, with this loss, the Hawks have now lost six in a row, as I said before. They'll be back in action on Monday against the Minnesota Timberwolves at home. That is a very very winnable game. The Wolves are certainly a solid basketball team. They're a little bit better than people expected them to be, myself included. This year, they, they did lose tonight against the Suns to fall to 8-8. Eight and eight. So that's worth pointing out. They, they now lost four, they've now lost four or five, I should say, after a pretty hot start. So we'll see if the Wolves come in inspired after that loss. They don't play either on Sunday, obviously, as they're coming in here on Monday. So two teams on the same rest. Um, obviously, the Wolves have to travel from Minnesota to Atlanta, but no huge advantage there. And the Wolves, I'm, I'm thinking, will be favored in that game based on the, the Hawks' availability. But we'll see a Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young matchup. That'll be fun to uh, chronicle um, in this space. So thanks for listening, as always, to the podcast. No podcast uh, planned for tomorrow unless something crazy happens or if I have a guest fall in my lap. But if nothing else, I will have a new show in your feed after the game on, on Monday, live from the same spot at Safe Farm Arena. So please tell a friend. Please subscribe to the podcast. One more time, please tell a friend. Please subscribe. Please leave five-star feedback if you enjoy the program. I really, really appreciate everyone listening to the podcast and hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay tuned, and we'll see you on Monday.